Welcome to the sermon podcast of South Hills Church in Costa Mesa. My name is Chris Kretzu, and I'm the campus pastor here. Thank you for carving out the time to listen to this today. I hope that you will be encouraged and challenged, and ultimately that you'll have a deeper sense of God's love for you. I'll be back after the message is over, but until then, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. That story is a powerful one. It's heavy, but we, uh, we really believe it's important to tell stories um, about the realities of life. Um, for us, Christianity isn't just this great, beautiful picture of something that doesn't really exist. For us, following Jesus uh, is something that happens in the good seasons. It's something that happens in the challenging seasons. And one of the things that I love so much that she said in that story is just the, uh, the idea that at South Hills, she felt welcome. She didn't feel judged. She felt like she could plug in and start to understand who God was in her life. And, and I hope that that's true of all of us. I know that for me personally, I love being a part of this community, um, even as we meet online. And I don't get to see you guys uh, here on Sundays. It's been so fun over the last few weeks. Um, We've actually had people logging on, obviously, from Costa Mesa and from Tustin and from Foothill Ranch and from all over Orange County and Southern California, really. Uh, but it's been kind of fun to see people logging on from uh, even further than that. We've got people watching in North Carolina. We've got some friends watching in Colorado. We've got people watching in Tennessee. Um, uh, Pastor Daniel... Um, and uh, he logs on oftentimes from Mexico, a friend of mine. Uh, we've got some friends and family in South Africa and New Hampshire. Uh, no matter what time zone you may be in, I think it's probably safe to say that you're still in your pajamas uh, because that's the reality that we live in. Uh, but we would love to know if you guys are logging on from somewhere uh, out of Orange County, drop that in the little chat. We'd love to know where you guys are watching from. We'd love to connect with you. Um, over the last few weeks, uh, we have been cooking a lot, uh, and uh, it's just one of those things. We're home all the time, and so we've eaten almost every single meal. We've made it home. Um, we have been uh, trying new recipes and old recipes and, and everything across the gambit. And my wife, um, one of her friends, gave her a new cookbook, and it has this banana bread recipe in it. And the first time that she made this uh, loaf of banana bread, it was gone in about two hours. Uh, between the four of us, we just absolutely destroyed it. Uh, and then the next time she made this loaf of banana bread, uh, we paced ourselves a little bit. Um, and it came down to this one day, uh, there was just one little piece, and it was the end of the pan. So it was kind of like that, kind of like butt piece of the banana bread that nobody really wants. It's like not quite as soft. And, and, and so I saw that it was there, but it was the last piece of the banana bread. And so I did what any good and loving husband would do is... I ate it, and then I left the house before she could see and be angry with me. I was like, I'm for sure taking that last piece. It's not even the piece that I want, but I'm going to take it. Uh, and then a few days later, sure enough, there was another loaf of banana bread, and there was one piece left of the banana bread. Uh, and it was that same little, like, the heel. I think I said butt earlier. I probably shouldn't say butt at church or on the internet live where everybody's watching. But it was the heel, there's the proper term, of the banana bread, the one that nobody wants. And I saw that it was there, and, and I was going to take it, but then I saw that there was actually a second loaf of banana bread behind it. And so I said, as you can have this last piece of banana bread. It's okay, knowing full well that I would get the best slice of the next one. So uh, our marriage is really healthy in this time. I, I hope you guys are really thriving also. Uh, you know, this, this reality, everybody kind of right now 
has this focus on how much is left of anything, really. We're, we're terrified, we're paranoid, we're always, and we've all essentially become like supply chain managers. Like all of us are watching like how much flour, how much toilet paper, in ways that we have never paid attention to things before. We are all specifically aware of how much is left, whether it's banana bread, whether it's money in the bank, whether it's groceries, it is just something that has shifted and we're hypersensitive of it. Um, the only thing that there is no shortage of right now is gasoline and family time. And uh, my family tank is full. Uh, and so hopefully we'll be able to do some sort of trip at some point here soon. Uh, but the reality is, is that if we were to be honest with ourselves, if we're to be honest with each other, if we're to really just kind of think about this out loud, we would recognize that uh, we are afraid that we will run out of what we will need. Uh, especially right now. This is something that we've been concerned about before, but right now it's, there's a heightened awareness of how much is left. And so we're in this series and we're talking about this idea of what if I don't have enough? What if my needs can't be met or won't be met in this time? What does that look like? Uh, of course, you know, uh, toilet paper has been the go-to illustration. It tops the list of things that we just are paranoid that we won't have enough of for some reason. Um, flour, eggs, other groceries, but it's gone beyond just groceries at this point. We're five weeks in, almost six weeks into um, dealing with coronavirus here significantly in our area, and um, it's gone beyond just groceries to now I'm afraid that I will run out of other things. Uh, people are starting to be more concerned about if they will run out of money or finances. Uh, for many of us, we're at home and, and dealing with relationships and family or roommates uh, in a way that is different. And so some of us are afraid we're going to run out of patience. Um, some of us are afraid we're going to run out of energy, um, positivity, the ability to just continue putting one foot in front of the other. Uh, many of us, I, I talked to a few people this week that it just feels like we're kind of at this breaking point of, I just don't know how much longer I can do it. Even that sentence communicates this idea of, I'm not sure I have enough to keep going, to do this, to continue in the same way that I have been continuing. Jesus may not have been uh, in the middle of a global pandemic or a quarantine, but he absolutely knew that fear and frustration and exhaustion the concern about if there would be enough, he knew that this would be something that everyone would experience. And if we're being honest, like I said, this isn't the first time that we've felt this way. We've, we've often felt this way before, different seasons of life. We've wondered if, if we would have enough. We were afraid we might not have enough. But, but right now, and I don't know if it's because we're home all the time or if uh, there's just fear that we're hearing and experiencing a lot or what it is, but we're just so aware of how much we have or maybe of how much we don't have or how little we have left. And so what were Jesus's thoughts? What were Jesus's plans? What was his response to this struggle, this fear, this question that we all find ourselves asking? Uh, his response was found in prayer. Now, before you uh, 
go visit a different webpage and click off the live stream. This isn't uh, a conversation that we're having about just like a, a very cute, soft, uh, gentle, like just pray about it and everything will be fine. That, that's not what Jesus taught and that's not what we are trying to suggest. It's not just this thing that, man, if, if you just throw up a prayer, then everything will be easier and all of your problems will be solved. That's not the type of prayer that we're talking about. And so I want you to stay uh, focused and stay connected because I really think this is gonna help us. In the middle of chaos, Prayer gives us a few different things. And we actually uh, talk about this a lot in our Discover 2 class. If you guys have been a part of South Hills for a while, you've probably heard us talk about Discover Class 1 and Discover Class 2. These are, these are classes that people can take if they want to learn more about who we are as a church, about what it means to belong to a church. And then Discover 2, we talk about prayer and some other things because it specifically has to do with Growing a deeper relationship with Jesus, uh, learning tools and resources on how to develop a relationship with God. Uh, and so we talk about this, among other things, and discover too, but, but prayer gives us four things. One is it gives us connection. It helps us connect with God. It helps us remember that we are connected in a relationship with God because that's truly what it is. It's a relationship. And just like a friend or a roommate or a spouse or a coworker, um, if you don't communicate with that person, then you really have no relationship. Uh, if you're not connecting, then there's really no relationship. So prayer gives us connection. The second thing is that prayer gives us a sense of calmness. It helps center us. It helps kind of uh, help us dial back the anxiety that we may be feeling, the stress that we may be feeling. Uh, prayer gives us clarity because when we stop to pray about something, it actually gives us a minute to take a breath uh, so we don't react right away, but we have a second to process through, rise above our emotional state and make a uh, important kind of informed, uh, specific decision. And then the fourth thing is that prayer gives us confidence because again, we are praying with our heavenly father who loves us and is for us and is with us. And so when we pray, it reminds us that it's not just me here battling out by myself, I'm actually partnered with God in this. It's beyond just spiritual impact. There's actually a few studies that have been done, uh, and uh, I wanted to read a couple of these things because prayer, uh, some people, they just kind of tune out of that's just that spiritual thing or that's that Christian, Christian thing or there's, you know, uh, who knows if God's listening or whatever. We just kind of phase it out sometimes, but there's much more than spiritual implications. So even if you're not sure what you believe about Christianity or who you believe God is, if you're still searching right now, there are benefits to prayer that studies have found over and over again. Psychology Today tells us that five scientifically supported benefits of prayer are improved self-control, reduced aggression, a greater willingness to forgive, increased feelings of unity, and more resilience against the negative physical health effects that are associated with stress. That's from Psychology Today. Uh, the National Institute of Health found that people who pray daily are 40% less likely to have high blood pressure and that regular prayer deactivates genes that trigger inflammation and prompt cell death, which essentially extends someone's life if they are able to continue doing this. And then NPR reported that consistent prayer increases neuroplasticity, which controls the brain's ability to learn, 
adapt, change, heal, and grow. So uh, whether you are a Christian uh, and recognize the spiritual importance and benefits of it, whether you are not a Christian and you're starting to recognize that there are physiological, there are health ramifications of what prayer does in our hearts and our minds and our bodies, prayer is an important thing. And so we're talking about this series, Dear God, and we're going to be looking at three really challenging questions that we all ask. And the answer to these questions is all rooted in this prayer that Jesus teaches. In Matthew chapter 6, he says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, uh, we've been talking about this for a few weeks. We actually spent the three weeks leading up to Easter looking at the first couple of lines of this prayer that have to do with this idea of, of who God is and acknowledging that. God is our loving heavenly father. And he invites us, he adopts us into his family. And there's a confidence that comes with that. We talked about what does it mean to keep God's name holy or this idea of essentially how do we carry, how do we bear the family name well? Then we talked about what does it mean to bring God's kingdom to earth? This idea of helping uh, people here physically around us now experience what heaven might be like or just a glimpse of that. We talked about that for the few weeks leading up to Easter. You can find those on our podcast if you want to check those out. But, But to the people that Jesus was teaching this prayer to, this prayer would have absolutely blown their minds. It would have been different than any prayer they had heard in their lives before. This was a totally new way of praying. For many of us, we're familiar with it. Maybe you heard it in Sunday school or uh, you had to memorize it for recovery groups or, or any number of things, but many of us are familiar with this prayer and it doesn't feel that shocking. But I want to spend the next three weeks looking at these very real needs, the, the back half of this prayer that Jesus teaches us to pray about. And the first one that we're going to look at today is this line that Jesus says, give us today our daily bread. Um, And all of us should be excited because bread is just the most wonderful thing in the world. Uh, No, but uh, this line, give us today our daily bread. There's There's three things that I want to look at in this phrase. And if you're taking notes, you can take notes. I know when we used to meet in person, people would take pictures of the screen. um, and, uh, And you can do that if you want. But these three things really can help us remember how to fight back against the fear that we might not have enough. And so the first word that I want to look at is this this word give. Give us today our daily bread. Now, when I've talked about prayer before, when I've preached on this topic of prayer before, we've we've talked about how it can become dangerous for us if we just always ask God for things. If, if our entire prayer life, if, if every time we pray is just to ask God to help us, to bail us out, to meet some need, to give us this thing that we want, that can be dangerous because again, prayer is a way for us to communicate with God and it's, it's shaping our relationship. And I know that none of you would want a relationship with someone that is only asking you for things. And they only want to take and to take and to take and you just have to give and to give and to give. You don't want to be a part of that relationship. That's not a healthy relationship. 
And so it's dangerous for us to always go to God with our needs, our requests, just only, only pray about the things that we want him to do for us. But at the same time, and this is a balance that we have to figure out, it's so important for us to recognize that in any healthy relationship, we also have to communicate our needs. And so it's not only about, uh, or it's not just about asking for the things that we need, but it's also about knowing how to ask for the things that we need. It's this conversation of, God, I recognize this about you, and I love this about you, and I appreciate this about you, and also here's what I need, and here's where my heart is at. There's a, there's a give and a take. There's a dance that is happening in this prayer that is a picture of every healthy relationship that we would want to have, even with friends, family members, and spouses. Sometimes our prayers go unanswered because our prayers go unasked. Sometimes God doesn't answer our prayers because we never actually even ask him to meet those needs. Um, maybe we aren't sure if he's listening. Maybe we aren't sure if he wants to um, care for us in that way. Um, maybe we're not sure if God's actually uh, there, has a desire to do this. But, but here's what I know, and I've, I've seen this in my own life, and I've seen it in other people's lives as well. We rarely underestimate God's power to help us, but we regularly underestimate his desire to. And I want to say that again because I think it's a really important thing for us to know, for us to hold on to. I've not talked to very many people that don't think God has the power to help them. That God has the power to answer their prayers. That God has the power to change the situation that they're facing. Most people believe that God has the power to do it. We just aren't sure if he wants to. And that is something that we all, myself included, we wrestle with this because the reality is, is that we are in relationships with people all day and all night and, and people are always making these decisions based off of all kinds of different factors of whether or not they want to love us or care for us in a certain way. And so we start to overlay that experience that we have with people, maybe even with our human parents, our earthly parents, we, we start to overlay that on the relationship that we have with God. And we say, I know that he could help me, but I'm just not sure if he wants to, if he desires to, if, if there's uh, an eagerness to help me. This is a challenging thing, and we have to start to right-size our mentality. In Matthew chapter 6, I don't have the verse on the screen for you, but after the Lord's Prayer, Jesus goes into this whole piece about the way he provides for people. He says, look at the birds of the air. Look at the way that they don't worry about having enough food. And he says, Jesus is teaching, and he says, if God is going to provide for all of the birds, how much more would he provide for you? And then he goes on, and he says, look Look at the flowers in the fields. Look at the way that the heavenly father clothes the flowers, this beautiful language, acknowledging how beautiful and, and pristine these flowers are. And he goes on, he says, how much more does your heavenly father care for your needs than these things? He's saying, man, if you look around at the beauty that surrounds us, it is an incredible thing. And no matter how low you may feel, we need to remember that God desires to care for us and he has promised to meet our needs. But there's a part of us that we have to learn, we have to have the courage to ask. 
to be clear, to be specific. We have a loving Father who wants to have us communicate our needs with him. So the first word we look at is this idea of give, the importance of asking. The second word I want to look at is this word, us. It's interesting because when Jesus teaches people how to pray, you you might notice that he doesn't say, give me, he says, give us. He says, give us this day our daily bread. It's interesting because there's this weird piece of like, well, really, I just want to make sure that I've got my daily bread. Uh, Give me this day my daily bread. But when Jesus teaches this prayer, and it's not an accident, he, he specifically teaches it in a way that is focused on our community and our neighbors. Give us this day our daily bread. There's an expectation, uh, this, this understanding that my needs personally are somehow connected to the needs of my community. And the way that I am provided for is somehow connected to the way that my community is provided for. It's not just about, man, I'm doing great and everybody else is suffering. There's this realization and what Jesus wants us to learn is that when I get my daily bread, it is for us, that he provides me so that I can help provide for others. See, there's a few different kind of broken ways of of understanding uh, this idea of prayer. You know, some people, they, they don't want to rely on God at all, and they just feel like, you know what, I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to be totally self-reliant. I'm never going to ask. I'm going to just use my own strength and my own skill and my own genius to, to solve all the problems. I'm, I'm not even going to ask God. The second way is that there are people that ask God to provide for them. This idea of, uh, you know, God, uh, give me my bread. Um, everybody else can ask you for their own needs. Everybody else can figure it out themselves. They can pull themselves up by their own bootstraps. We may have heard that type of phrasing before about other people need to figure it out on their own. There's this twisted way of, of asking God to just just focus on me, just care about me. The third way uh, that is a, a broken way of understanding this is that some people ask God to provide for others' needs. This idea of God would you go feed them? God, would you go help them? God, would you, would you go give them peace? God, would you let them know that they are loved? And this is a broken way of looking at it because God is empowering us to do that. When God gives us this day our daily bread, there's an understanding that we can now help share that with others. When God gives us peace, we can share that with others. So instead of us recognizing what God has given us and going out to to share that with the people, the family, the neighbors, the the community around us, we fall into this trap of saying, okay, I've got I've got mine. Now God, if you can go take care of everybody else's problems, that would be fantastic. Jesus is teaching this prayer in a very specific way, and he says to give us this day our daily bread. Jesus is inviting us to pray and to live with an understanding that God wants us to be generous with what we have today because he will provide again tomorrow. He wants us to recognize and to hold on to what we have, uh, what he has given us. He wants us to recognize that what he has given us today is enough for us. It's not just for me. 
and that we can be generous, we can share, we can care for other people because that same God has promised to care for us tomorrow too. We don't have to hoard. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to wonder. He has promised us and we can stand on that promise. Generosity isn't a specific dollar amount. I heard one person say that generosity is the shape that love takes with what we give away. There's this invitation for us from Jesus to understand that what we have been given, the way we have been provided for is not just for us. This is not a new idea with Jesus. This is something that goes way back to the beginning when God is speaking with Abraham and he he tells Abraham, I will bless you so that you can be a blessing. I will bless you, I will provide for you, I will care for you so that you can do that for other people. This is a string that goes all the way from the Old Testament into the New Testament and Jesus is reinforcing this here. Over the last few weeks, I've been able to broker four different generosity exchanges. And I tried to figure out a better way to say that, but I couldn't. Um, My words aren't working real well this week. Um, Over the last few weeks, there's been four different times I've gotten to be the middleman in helping somebody that God had given them their daily bread. I got to help connect them with somebody that was still in need. And they were radically generous. All four of these situations were incredibly generous. Uh, And it was thrilling to be a part of that because it's not that this person met that person's needs. It's that God met that person's needs because of what he gave these people. When God gives us our daily bread, it allows us to care for the people that are around us. I could keep going, but I know I'm going to run late. So let me just, let me move on. God gives us Uh, fully what we need as we fully share with others around us. It always works out that way. So give us today our, and the last two words I want to look at is daily bread. Daily bread. Uh, Quick question. Um, How often should you pray for daily bread? I'll wait, just kidding, Uh, uh, daily. It would make sense that if you're gonna pray for daily bread, then you would pray for that each day. So Jesus is communicating this this consistency in relationship, but but Jesus is also talking about this, this daily prayer and this idea of being provided for enough for today's needs. Uh, So uh, if it's a, a prayer for daily bread, then it must be a daily prayer. So if, if it's about today, then you would pray today. When should you pray about tomorrow's bread? Tomorrow. When should you pray about next month's daily bread? Next month. Jesus is inviting us to, to narrow our focus in to being aware of our needs today and communicating today with God about what those are. And we're gonna talk about this a little bit more. It's not about not planning for the future. It has to do with something very different than that. This this idea of of planning ahead and worrying about the future, this is how we've found ourselves in the great toilet paper shortage of 2020. Everybody had enough toilet paper for today, 
probably for a week or maybe even two weeks. But because people were worried that there wouldn't be toilet paper for next month, it sold out of every single store. It was this idea of, man, I'm not sure what six weeks from now looks like, so let me plan and hoard and worry and hold all of that today. It was this crazy thing that we've all experienced on one side or the other. Either we bought a ton or we couldn't find any when we actually needed it. Uh, this, this idea of, of worrying about the future is something that we all struggle with. And as much as I love bread, I'm aware that Jesus is talking about so much more than just literally food, although he is talking about that. Jesus is starting to talk about uh, this idea of our needs this idea of what we need to survive, this idea of what we care about, of what matters most, and, and really what he's starting to steer this prayer towards is against the idea of worry. It's not just about our food. It has to do with even work. Uh, let's say we have a, a huge meeting this next Friday. Many of us would pray every single day, God, please help that meeting on Friday go well please help that meeting on Friday go, God, please help that meeting. And the time, every day that passes, every couple of hours, we think about that meeting on Friday and and we pray. And and again, prayer is a good thing, but we're praying for something on Friday. And Jesus is saying, well, what, what would you be able to pray about for today? And so then to shift that mindset of instead of saying, God, please help that meeting next Friday to go well, today's daily bread prayer would, would be more like, God, Please give me the diligence to prepare today for that meeting on Friday. God, please help me understand what to study, what I can think through. Help, help give me creative ideas. It has to do with what do I need to do today? What is in front of me? It's not kicking the ball down the field and worrying about something that's coming in the distance. It's about how can I put one foot in front of the other today and work in my relationships, providing for my family, for myself, in all these different ways. Don't spend days or weeks praying about something in the future and ultimately just sitting in anxiety about it. Jesus is saying, spend today praying that God would give you what you need today because he has promised he will continue to do that every other day. Uh, obviously we need to be wise. This isn't, Jesus isn't teaching like the future doesn't matter. He's very specifically talking about this idea of worry and anxiety because we get so far ahead of ourselves. We project out there into the unknown and we fill ourselves with fear and anxiety and worry. Jesus And uh, again, it's after the Lord's Prayer. It's Matthew chapter six, verse 34. He says this phrase. He says, so don't worry about tomorrow. Remember, he had just taught them to pray for the daily bread. He says, don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Can I get an amen? None of us need to carry any extra anxiety or stress or worry or fear than we are for today. Today is already crazy. Every single day, especially right now in this season that is so different than anything we've ever lived through, every single day has enough on its own. We do not need to carry tomorrow's worries also. This is why Jesus wanted us to learn to pray for our daily bread today. 
It's because today has enough trouble on its own. You may feel a sense of anxiety or overwhelm because you don't know what next month looks like. You aren't sure if you'll run out of what you need and and you are not alone in that. We are all wrestling with that on some level, this idea of being unsure of what the future looks like. This is something that none of us have ever been through in our lives. But the way to battle against tomorrow's panic is by recognizing today's provision. The best way to fight against the fear and the anxiety and the panic of what is to come in the future is by recognizing the way that God has provided for us today. Some of us may be sitting right now on a sofa. You may have found out this past week that you're gonna be furloughed. You may have found out this past week some bad health news from a friend or a family member or a loved one. And there are all kinds of concerns and worries that are starting to fill your heart and your mind. And I get it. I understand it. I'm not saying you're wrong for having those. But the best way to fight back against the worry and to fight back against this fear of, man, I don't know if I'm gonna have enough. The best way to fight back against these things is by recognizing the way that God has provided for us today. We recognize that. We acknowledge that. We thank him for that. And we trust that he will do it again tomorrow. We trust that he will do it again tomorrow in two days. This is what Jesus is inviting us to with this prayer of give us today our daily bread because we in this community can rely on each other. We can care for each other. We can provide for each other in ways that we never imagined we would have to or need to or be able to. And when we see God show up in that way, it allows us to fight against the fear that we might not have enough next month to fight against the worry that we're gonna run out of what we need. We're asking God to meet our needs each day. Not everything we want, not our greed, not not all the deep, you know, the desires of our heart that knew whatever it might be, but to meet our needs. And he has promised to do it. Philippians 4, 19 says this. You may be afraid that you'll run out of, oh no, that's not what it says. Here's what it says, Philippians 4. And my God will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. All throughout the scriptures, there are these promises. There are these promises that God will meet our needs. There are these stories about how he met the needs of people that came before. And in this passage, Paul is writing, he says, May God will meet every single one of your needs according to his glorious riches. He has more than enough peace for you. He has more than enough finances for you. He has more than enough food for you. What does it look like for us to pray? Give us today our daily bread. What does it look like for us to rest in today? To wrestle with today and trust that God will be with us tomorrow when it's time to worry about tomorrow. Let's bow our heads and pray together.
Well, regardless of where you may be at in your faith journey, I believe that everyone has a next step that they can take. If you'd like more information about what it means to put your trust in Jesus, information about getting baptized or maybe even attending a Discover class to grow more in your faith, you can visit us online at southhills.org forward slash Costa Mesa and then scroll down to the next steps section. If you'd like more information about tithing or supporting South Hills financially, you can visit southhills.org forward slash giving. Thanks again for listening today, and I hope that I get to see you soon.